Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast. The show about the show. The show within the show. You can listen to us on its own podcast feed to search permission granted on your favorite podcast platform or you can listen on the da shows podcast platform just search the da show subscribe to either one of those rate and review them if you can that helps other people find them and you can listen to the show behind the show each and every week so Mraz joins me now and we were talking about the taco t-shirts that you're hoping make your biceps look bigger than they are but they were sent to us and made by a listener of the show. How did this all come together? You said that Bogus was the point person on this? Yes, so the listener, uh, which I have to get the name from from Bogus because the name was not on the package I received. The listener reached out to Bogus as the point man wanting to know where to send shirts he had made for the show should he send them to the studio, in which Bogus reached out to me. And I had no problem giving a, a more localized address since the only one at the studio right now is Pete. So I had the shirt sent, and then I... Decided to distribute them however so. I mailed them out to you and Kaplan, and I was able to uh, hand-deliver them to Pete the Body and have uh, Daniel's family member lives near Bogish hand-deliver it to him. And uh, that's kind of how we orchestrated the whole thing. So I figured rather than have them end up in the city and maybe we don't get them for a while, let's have them get them to me. I'll get them to everybody, and we have them ready to go here for the end of the NCAA tournament. So you're saying that the listener, the alien in question, reached out to Bogues first and said, yes. I want to send the T-shirts? Yes. I don't know whether this was from DM, Twitter, through Instagram, uh, whether it's some kind of email he got for the show and happened to get Bogus's and not ours. But, yes, the, the listener reached out to Bogish and Bogish reached out to me as far as how to uh, you know go through the next steps and where to send these. Okay, so then the listener sends them directly to you. Yes, and then you get all of our mailing addresses, send them out to me and Cap, and then yep. you hand deliver it to Pete, and you actually give it for Bogus to one of Danielle's family members? Yes, on Sunday when I saw Danielle's family for Easter, her grandfather was there, and her grandfather lives, I would say, eight to ten blocks away from Andrew Bogus, and I had a, I forget whether Bogus had to go to his house or he went to, whatever it was, they were going to be in the same facility. Bogus lives about a half an hour away from me, and they were able to orchestrate the drop-off there. I just figured that was easier than mailing it away. I knew nothing would get lost in the mail to the Long Island guys here. So I'm I'm interested in that that moment where Bogues has to come meet your <laughs> grandfather-in-law or your father-in-law or your grandfather-in-law. My grandfather-in-law. Let me just quickly to figure out exactly how this went because I think I gave him the address and okay, so going through. Okay, all right. Bogish ended up going to Danielle's grandparents' house and taking it out of the mailbox. Okay. That okay, is how so the there, final piece There was, was no face-to-face interaction. No, there was going to be face-to-face interaction with myself and Bogish on Friday, this past Friday that happened. We were driving that way to actually see Danielle's grandparents and uh, you know, bring Taylor by for Easter. And as it turns out, we got halfway there, and I realized I forgot the T-shirt. So we really 
the purpose of going there was to bring the T-shirt. We forgot it, so we only made the stop at the grandparents. But we came up with Plan B based on seeing the grandfather on Easter. Okay. And you deliver it to Pete. Yes. And so how does that go? So that was last weekend on a Friday. We had a beautiful day. It was like 60 degrees here on Long Island. I know Pete lived in Long Beach, so I have a couple buddies there. I haven't seen them in a long time. And I figured, all right, we'll bring Taylor. There's a boardwalk there where Pete lives. Maybe I could run into Pete on the boardwalk. Uh, he hasn't met my daughter. I haven't met his son. Maybe some kind of you know face-to-face interaction. I haven't seen Pete in forever. Wow, Pete has not met Taylor yet, and Taylor 15 months old. Yeah, and I had not met Pete's son, Timmy, yet. So we had the two the two babies meet. So I contacted Pete. He arranged for me to meet on the boardwalk. He lives literally before the house he's buying. The, his old apartment is actually you walk out of the apartment onto a boardwalk like That's he lives awesome. on a beach resort. It was unbelievable. So, yeah, we had a nice little uh, family meetup on a beach boardwalk. It kind of had shades of the Sopranos, ironically, a little bit. I was going to say, yeah, meeting on the boardwalk sounds like a mafia move. It was very much a mafia move. There was an exchange. I had to exchange the T-shirt. There was a lot of basically, if you didn't know the kids were in the strollers, there could have been a lot of what's going on in there, what's really down there. Are they dealing something of significance? Mm, yeah. Um, which, no, didn't happen. It was just all about a T-shirt exchange. So, no... No hiccups, went smoothly, yeah. and then you had your day on the boardwalk. You guys go your separate ways after the T-shirt exchange? And yeah, I would say we, were to, let's say we were together for 25 minutes to a half an hour. Conversation, how you been, this, that, and the other, kids meeting, that kind of idea. And we went our separate ways, but the T-shirt was handed off, hand-delivered. So you guys are standing on the boardwalk. Yes. And you're kind of playing with each other's kids. You're catching up a little bit, and that's it. You guys don't go get some some food on the boardwalk you don't take a stroll you're just standing in the middle of the boardwalk talking and then that's it 25 minutes later you go your separate ways correct now it was i guess in hindsight it's a little awkward but at this time pete is embarking or he was about to either or he just did close on his house so he had some packing to do at home and i had arranged already i guess it's a bad job by me not asking pete if he wanted to do this i had arranged to get dinner with my friends who live there that i had not seen in a long time so oh yeah you didn't invite pete out for dinner huh is that rude of me should i have invited pete out well, Pete probably doesn't want to go out to dinner with you and your buddies, but still, might have been nice to invite him. I guess. So maybe that's where I botched it. But yeah, it was only, that's why that was pretty much us going the separate ways, because we all had separate plans, and it was a very, I guess, odd uh, meetup, if you will. But it was just, it was nice to see a face I hadn't seen in a while. So did you bring Taylor to dinner with your friends? Yes, we did. Taylor, big fan of eating out. Loves sitting in that high chair and picking at everybody's french fries. Huge fan. <laughs> How was dinner on the boardwalk? Well, it was a little off the boardwalk, but we sat outside. It was beautiful out. Uh, not, you know, nice little bar restaurant, little fish taco kind of deal. We had a great time. It was perfect. It was awesome. Taylor had the chicken fingers, had a little French fry. Uh, maybe a couple Kona Big Waves were to be had. It was great. Uh, Danielle drove. She was, you know, knew we were meeting up with the friends. And on the way home, they have this famous soft serve ice cream place I was able to uh, hit oh. up. and. Uh, I ate a hot fudge Sundays. We cruised down an Ocean Parkway past the beach on the way home. It was quite the lovely Friday evening, DA, and it all started with a taco t-shirt. Oh, wow. And you and so then you went big with the ice cream Sunday too. Yeah, there is a place. It's Long Beach, Long Island called Marvell. Not like Carvel. It's called Marvell, and it's all good soft serve. But let's, they have like eight to ten flavors that they change out, and it's really high-quality soft serve, cash-only kind of place, uh, you know, the kind of place you'd see on like diners, drive-ins, and dives, and you get—I got the classic chocolate vanilla swirl, mm. hot fudge, chocolate sprinkles. They have homemade whipped cream there. Mm. Oh, I sat there. Matter of fact, I ordered the big boy, and she had to get a bigger cup to put it in because the hot fudge was pouring over everything. Oh my! Oh. So your ice cream season has now fully opened up. It's open. We're here. The moment you get over fifty degrees, I think it's really time to start getting after it. And if I'm going somewhere where I don't go often and they have – that's what I look – people look for famous steakhouses, restaurants. I look to see what the best ice cream is in town. I'm a big ice cream sampler, and I knew about this place because it's some place that people always talk about. I, I think I went once when I was a kid. Boy, did it live up to the hype. And the best was, you know, I didn't have to sit around and eat it on a bench. Danielle was driving, so I got to eat on the run on the ride home. We're trying to get Taylor to go to sleep. I got a shake for Danielle because she could drive while drink a shake, and I'm just plowing through a hot fudge sundae in the passenger seat, just pouring all over me. Well, why did Danielle drive and not you? Why did Danielle drive not me? Because she knew I was with my friends and I could have a couple beers. 
So if it was with her friends, I would let her drive. So you drove there. She drove back. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Yes. And she also hates when I drive. She thinks I'm a bad driver. She thinks I'm <laughs> I get up people's rears too quickly. She starts getting all nauseous. So, no, no thanks. She could drive home. So, what ends up happening now at Bob's bar now that Bob has meniscus surgery? Can he be up on his feet? Can he be behind the bar serving drinks? Or does he have to be extended with the leg out? He's going to have to be extended with the leg out at least for a week. He's not going to be able to run or cut as he would. Not that he would be cutting on anything <laughs> for a long time. Uh, but apparently the doctor tells him by this weekend he should be and should be up and walking around. That's the best thing for it. He just wouldn't go running any laps. Not that Bob would be doing that anytime and try to avoid up and down the stairs a lot. But straight line walking, all of that is fine. But, yeah, I don't think he's in any position to be standing tending bar at this moment. So he's going to have to basically manage it from a nice seat, enjoy himself. There's some already a little talk about maybe if it's nice weather Friday, you get the Rays home opener with the Yankees playing there at 3 o'clock. Maybe doing that is a happy hour situation. Mm. So Bob's bar is up and operational. It's just a matter of the mixologist behind there is not going to be in full action for a while. What's going to be your first game that you go to? It's a great question. You're bringing this up on the air about going to to baseball games. It's going to be a baseball game. I don't think I'm going to get to an arena to see any kind of playoff basketball or hockey, even with the Nets going on. Uh, I am... I will be fully vaccinated by the middle of May. So my with, with being able to show that and not have to get a negative test, I'm hoping by June, I'm going to look at the first Yankee homestand in June. I'd like to go check it out and uh, get a feel for things because it's been too long. I need to get to a stadium. Yep, I feel the same way. I was ripping on Rangers fans, or at least the Rangers and Rangers fans, for doing full capacity and nobody's wearing masks. I mean, yeah. If you're going to do full capacity, at least make everybody wear a mask. And why wouldn't you just hand out masks like it's the free T-shirt of the day? Isn't well, that just an easy way to get everybody to wear masks? People at ball games, I can't believe I'm saying ball games like I'm that old, love free stuff. Love I it. mean, what it, other than opening day and rivalries, what is the first thing people do when a schedule comes out? What's the or, giveaway? They, yeah, they go to the promotional giveaways. Bobbleheads, T-shirts, and, and T-shirts that are one-size-fits-all that you might wear once, but you just love getting it for free. If you came up with really cool masks that were free on opening day, people live for that free stuff. You tell mm -hmm. me they wouldn't be wearing them, even, even if they didn't believe in masks, and even if they were joking around when they put them on, they'd put them on and they'd be wearing them because they were free giveaways. That is absolutely a genius marketing tool. Yeah, I don't understand why Texas didn't do that, but I, I think that they're kind of like... Who gives a crap about COVID? We don't care about masks. Well, we don't care about anything. So why even make but, why even make the uh, the pretend but, but, performance? But to your point, why go back and limit limit capacity afterwards? That's right? as amazing that they're Just only doing this for in. two games. Because and and that's the thing that I've said for a long time. Somebody is going was going to have to be the first to have a full house, right? Like at some point. We hope that it would be a little later when more people were vaccinated, absolutely. But somebody was going to have to take that first leap, and I'm sure it would have been met with backlash even at that point. But it's so hollow to take that leap and then by game two go, now we're going to go back to limited capacity and space it out. <laughs> if you're doing it, just do it. And and, and the heck with whatever what all the critics say. Because by going back, you're admitting, well, we know we're making a mistake, but we're going to do it anyway. It's so stupid. And also, you could have mitigated some of the criticism by just being pretty disciplined in right. how people came in and them wearing masks. You know, if you were like, you know, we realize that it's not the safest thing in the world to do full capacity just yet, but we really want to have an opening day because of a brand new ballpark. We feel like we can get a full capacity, but what we're going right. to do is we're going to make sure everybody's handed a mask on the way in, a Texas Rangers blue mask. We are going to, before the game, you don't have everybody do like a ceremonial opening day, put on your mask or something, and we're going to make sure that we've staffed it three times what we normally staff it, just to make sure every section is staffed to remind people to do it. It's not going to be a police state. It's just going to be reminding, hey, could you do this? Like, it would have at least felt like they were taking measures, but the Rangers just didn't give a crap. They're like, yeah, who cares? Wear your mask. Don't wear your mask. Come out of the stadium. Doesn't really matter. And then we'll go back to what everybody thinks we should do in game three. And the problem with that, too, is they didn't have a full year. Nobody had fans last year, so they got to sell their foot-long hot dogs covered in queso and french fries. And whatever the new foods are, they know everybody's going to chow down and plow beers. And then, frankly, paying somebody $14, $15 an hour to tell somebody else to put their mask on, who 
they're not going to find enough willing bodies that, that care enough and that aren't just using the job to watch a game. It was just a total <laughs> botch job by them completely. I am excited about going back to games, though. I've been in contact with – in fact, I got a phone call today set up with my ticket guy, ticket rep at the Mets because they're doing something where it's like month by month because there's only 20% capacity. They can't bring everybody that right. has season tickets in there all the time. So you got to kind of go month by month and say, okay, what games do you want this month? Do you want this month? And I figure I'll wait. I'll sit out April, and like you, maybe I'll go back in May or June, so I'll just roll over whatever tickets I had coming to me this month and put it towards next month. But they also – because I had paid for tickets last year and there was no games, they rolled over a food credit to my Ooh. account. So I'm excited about this. I'm going to ask my, my ticket rep, how does the food credit work? Because that's a big deal at City Field where the food options are pretty legit. Yes, and see, that's a big question I want to know going into games. I'm sure you're questioning too. That food credit's huge, obviously. But with limited capacity... Are all the food stands we're accustomed to, all the stadiums open? Or is it, you know, kind of like every other and they're only basically selling the basics, right? Like, if I go to a Yankee game in June, I want to know I could slam down a cheesesteak. If I want the sushi, I can go get the sushi. Like, I want all the bells and whistles because I haven't been to a game in so long. But I don't know at 20% capacity, even 30% capacity, are they just full-on everything's open? Like, that's a major question. Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Have you ever had the sushi at Yankee Stadium? I have. I absolutely have. Uh, I had the Tanaka roll. It's I really good. Yeah, it it was actually a, it was a true thing. When Tanaka pitched, that was the night you got sushi. It was like, let's go. We're gonna have sushi. Get the Tanaka roll, and it was very very good. And you know me, I used to be a big critic of sushi. Now I very much like it. Uh, although sometimes I need Danielle to order it for me because I'm a little confused as to which I like and which I don't like. I like salmon and I don't like tuna, or I like tuna and I don't like salmon. It, I'm terrible with that. But yes, excellent, excellent. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of hankering a good Yankee Yankee Stadium sushi. Also, the Yankee Stadium. I told you that one time they had the General Chow's chicken sandwich oh. with a side of dumplings instead of French fries. Also oh. excellent. I'm savoring to have this kind of food now. Yeah, I remember the Mariners were the first, I think, to do sushi. Either the Mariners or the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks opened up Chase Field, and they had these incredible row of food options. But maybe the Mariners did sushi first. But I, I remember everybody freaking out. Oh, my God, sushi at a baseball game. How could that be? And I had not had it until the Tanaka roll. And Tanaka was pitching that day. And I said, boy, this is actually really good. But it took the guy so long to make it. It wasn't pre-made, which is great. It's made to order. But it took them so long, I wondered, is it taking them this long to make sushi for everybody, or do you usually just get the pre-made roll? Mm, interesting point. I would assume it, it it helps to do the pre-made, but maybe, DA, if they all are going pre-made and we do have limited capacity, maybe that's the way you get back. You're really making an art form making food for people and show how, how caring you're going to be with preparation, mm. knowing there's not going to be the, the long lines for everything. Mm-hmm. How about that? How about that? So is the NFL draft going to have fans there or just players? I believe I read fans. It's going to be similar to like going to a Cleveland Indians game right now where they're going to space them out, same kind of protocols, masks, and the whole deal. I don't know exactly where it is. I think it's at the Brown Stadium and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think it was supposed to be some combination. But, yeah, I believe if you're going with full destination, you're not just going to do – the TV networks and the players, I think the reason to do that would be to have fans included because if you weren't including fans, frankly, the virtual worked fine last year. Why not just go back to that? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I think that those those situations are fine. If you socially distance fans sure. and you have a couple of feet around you, I think it's fine. I, I realize that most people at games are not wearing masks. Some are. It's obviously safer to do so. But, right. you know, socially distanced with you know, some space around you. It's like going to the grocery store or the gas station or whatever. I mean, you're just supposed to have a little bit of space. It's just that it's like when you go to a grocery store, you're not standing in line waiting to pay for groceries surrounded by six people on all sides of you. Right. That's the difference with a full baseball game. You know, I was watching or I was looking at the pictures in, at the new Rangers ballpark. And it just reminds you, like, when you're at an event, you touch everybody all of the time there is somebody within six to eight inches of you on all sides that right now to me i'm like eh, yeah give me a little space here i didn't like that crap that cramp feeling 
before pandemic. Yes. I definitely don't like it right now. It's so true, and that's the. I wonder how many people won't come right back when when stadiums get full again because of that. But it is so true, right? Because even if whoever you're seeing in your life right now, you know, if this year in pandemic, you're at least comfortable and like you kind of know everybody, kind of where their travels are every day. But when you pack it in with strangers, you're right, and they make sure that the seats. As tight as they are, so they could get as many seats in the stadium pre-pandemic. Right, the guy turns around, basically could squirt mustard in your mouth. That's how close he is. Well, and also on Easter, when you're sitting around the dinner table at Easter, sure, you might know where everybody should be because it's a close family, but clearly don't know what everybody's doing all the time. But there's not somebody to your right, right, somebody to your left packed in because there's eight people at on each side of the table and then somebody sitting on your lap feeding you the ham and then somebody behind you (laughs) who's feeding you the mashed potatoes and then somebody on each diagonal corner of that as well when you go to a baseball game you are surrounded 360 at a packed stadium of a different person at every angle. That's just a lot of close breathing on people. And not even just in your CTA. Then in the concourse, you're on top of each other if it's packed. You know how, how those concourse get packed. Or, I mean, unless you're wearing an uh, uh, adult diaper, you're going to use the restroom. And then if there's not an automatic flusher, everybody's tapping that same top of the urinal afterwards. Like, there is a lot of uh, gross things that we never thought of as gross before in how tight-knit you are with people at stadiums when you're packed in. I am very excited to be going back to games at some point this summer. And uh, I'm also just excited that baseball was just being played with fans of the stands. And it was just being played. Wasn't it so refreshing this week to just see baseball games that looked somewhat normal? Last year's baseball was such a weird Frankenstein version of the sport. Right, and I don't know if we're just so accustomed to now the limited capacity because we've seen it. We saw it in the NFL a lot in college football. But baseball, like you said, it looks normal with the amount of fans that are there. I think part of that is also beyond opening day. A lot of April games are scarce crowds anyway. But all the baseball games I've watched through this first weekend and beginning of the week, when they do like those wide pan crowd shots, it looks normal to me and it feels normal. The ambience of just the background sound you could tell isn't the forced crowd noise, which I think we needed in those empty stadiums. But just even like the chatter of people, like it gives me the feels that, okay, this is kind of normal baseball again. Right. Because baseball is rarely sold out anyway. Right. Exactly. Unless it's Wrigley or even Fenway now is not sold out, but unless it's Wrigley or a, a weekend game at Dodger stadium or a weekend game at Yankee stadium, it's going to be about 15,000 people yes. there anyway, so it doesn't look much different. Yes. Oh, man, now I'm really hankering to go back. What do you – you said the food, crit, uh, the food credit, right? Just to, not to go too far off topic here. I said the things I'm in the mood for. You were mentioning sushi. What will be your first stadium food item back, you think? Mm, well – you know, the fact that they removed the Keith Hernandez burger off of the menu at City Field was a devastating blow, although there's something pretty close to it. So it would probably be that burger because that burger is so delicious you could get it with guacamole and bacon on it. Right. So that burger is just a dominant baseball ballpark food that I would probably go there. But, you know, it's been now two years since I've been to a game, but so we'll see what they have. You know, they also have this amazing, um, it's like lobster fries. It's like crinkle cut fries or maybe even a waffle fries. And they put like a, like a, it's from the lobster roll on top of the, on top of this. It's like nachos almost, but like a seafood nachos, which is just flat out incredible. And, you know, if you don't do that, there's all of those appetizers. There's the dumplings place. Uh, over at City Field, there's the Two Boots Pizza Place at oh. City Field, which is always good for something. Then upstairs, the rice balls, the rice balls. You got the rice balls, the deep fried rice balls with stuff in between, like they have mozzarella in between them, or like a, like a marinara sauce in between some of them, and you can get an assorted oh. thing. And then like upstairs, you've got in like the the sweet level, although it's not necessarily sweet. You can go in there, and there's like open open grills that they're doing unique stuff as well. So I don't know. Like I would just want to try everything right away. Yeah. You just, that's, that's, I've really thought about this a long time. You know what I'm longing for DA? And this goes back to the beginning of this side. A. I want ice cream out of a helmet. I miss a good helmet cup. 
It's been too long. That is a staple from when you're a kid to an adult. You give me a, a baseball helmet with soft-serve ice cream and some sprinkles and maybe a little syrup on there, some sorts mm-hmm. of hot fudge. Mm-hmm. Oh, eating ice cream the way it was meant to be eaten out of a plastic fake baseball helmet. <laughs> That's the way that America is made to be. <laughs> I know about you, but I'm I'm starting to get a little leery though on uh, on how warm it's been. That my grass is starting to grow. It's already green, and it's never green by April. What are we sixth now? So I'm going to be cutting the lawn by the end of April. I'm sure of it. Uh, cutting the lawn. I'll be cutting the lawn by the end of today. That's on my diet. Already? Already, da. Already. It is. It's a bad scene at my house. So I made the mistake of trying to get ahead of, like, I was trying to really watch YouTube videos and get into, like, the fertilization that goes on because I okay. had a big dandelion problem. I don't okay. know if you have the dandelions and the no, weeds by No, it's not a problem. So I had a problem. So I went went early fertilizing. I didn't account for the fact that when you do the early fertilizing, what happens is the grass starts growing really quick, and it's growing very uneven. So I have mm. these pretty tall patches right now. I noticed yesterday that are already getting a little out of hand. We've had a lot of rain that's soaked on. So, yeah, part of my docket today on a Trash Tuesdays, I am going to get out, and I am going to mow the lawn for the first time, and I am not looking forward to that being on April 6th. I was not prepared for that. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, the fertilizer puts you into that, that super – Super growth oh, mode. It's brutal. So, and, But then I wonder, so if I cut it now, now am I already going to be into every week? I wasn't prepared in early April to be dealing with this. It's a lot. It's a lot of maintenance. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think that I'm going to be mowing in the next two weeks, but by the end of the month, probably I would need to because we've gotten so many warm days here over the last month. It's been pretty crazy. Right, we thought some of the snow wouldn't melt by Easter. Here I am a couple days later already mowing the lawn. Yeah, that is, no, That's a pretty crazy true. turn on a dime. It's a grand turn of events here. Spring in America has sprung quickly and warmly, and now it's also kind of crazy because think about it. We normally would be getting ready for the NBA playoffs right about no. now. I know. I am so thrown off on the timeline of everything because – it feels like the NBA second half schedule just came out, mm. and I'm having to double check everything. We, a couple of weeks from the NFL draft again. Remember how big a deal the NFL draft was a year ago because we were just clinging on to some kind of sporting event. Yeah, it, it is. It is crazy time, and it's really going to be interesting how condensed the playoffs feels. They try to get everything in before July. It feels like it'll be a lot less off days, but we're going to be in. A, think about it, it's April sixth. Yeah, the NHL and NBA winds down a month from right now. So we are going to be in a mad scramble right after the NFL draft at the postseason. And I love that the NCAA tournament kind of wet our whistle for that. I'm ready to go. little in-house conversation this week. I've mentioned this on the air a couple of times. Entercom Radio and Entercom, our company, has switched its name to Odyssey. Odyssey. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. So... <laughs> Radio.com, the radio, the radio.com app is now the Odyssey app. And if you want to tell your smart speaker to play us, it has to be CBS Sports Radio presented by Odyssey or CBS Sports Radio by Odyssey or something like that. How have you felt about the transition? Has it come easily to you? Are you starting to get used to it? Because at first, of course, it's always awkward when your company changes its name. I am still not used to it as far as the behind the scenes of logging in to do remote work. Obviously, since we're still kind of doing shows and stuff from home here. Uh, several things like me getting clips for sound check, cutting audio. Every morning I have to log in, and they've changed our behind-the-scenes website. And I'm now officially – they're not even doing like where it's a, a link that kicks you to the new one. It'll just tell me that website no longer exists, and I have to remember the new website to put in. So from strictly a work purpose, I need to still drill in my head. It's it's killing me. But as far as listening-wise, whether I'm telling the smart speaker – after the show, when I listen to Bill or I listen to Rome or WFAN locally, that stuff has come very easy. My app, I mean, it was the same thing as the radio.com app. It just updated. I i do hope that our new listeners find that very easy in transition. And I hope that, you know, radio.com was found to be a very easy app to remember. I hope that Odyssey kind of clicks with new listeners very quickly because that's something that, you know, obviously you want to drive home and be able to listen remotely and listen on an app. We have added a member to our team, Aiden at Marquette. He did that amazing project for us, for his class actually, but he sent it along where he ranked my top 10 headlines and wrote these really funny, cool 
descriptions about them all. And so Aiden is going to be jumping aboard with us and just kind of helping us out with some projects behind the scenes, etc. And so I sent an email to everybody welcoming Aiden to the team and introducing him to everybody. And I got it bounced back to me. And I said, what? I wonder why this got bounced back. Well, it went to all you guys except for Bogues. And I looked and I had spelt Odyssey for Bogues, A-U-D-I-C-Y. Oh. And so it bounced back. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So let me forward this again. So I forward it again to him and it bounces back again. And I'm like, what the hell? I spelled Odyssey correctly this time. But I had forgotten the C in Andrew Bogish. So, ah. <laughs> I so remind I, everybody at the end of every side B, there's a C in Bogish. Always blows my mind. There's a C in Bogish. So I got it back twice, but ultimately it got through. But yeah, that, that's, that's the little things because at intercom.com, it's spelled as it sounds. Odyssey is a little tougher to, re- to remember. Right. And also, I think the other. So we're, we're calling it Odyssey, but I'm hearing other talent call it Odyssey. Oh, really? So, yeah, but I've heard it now both ways, and per- there was like some kind of virtual town hall that I'm thinking neither you or I attended. But maybe I need to know exactly how we pronounce this because I'm going like you, Odyssey. But I've heard Maggie Gray, for instance, calls it Odyssey, and I don't know if that's just an accent thing or if there's a specific way to say it. And maybe we're wrong, maybe she's wrong. I don't know. But well, it just I, adds to the chaos of the name change. I always assume Maggie's smarter than I. However, if you were to say, why are we called Odyssey now? It's because we are an audio company. So does she pronounce audio audio? I don't think so, but there's also <laughs> the word Odyssey. And sure, I don't yeah. know if she's going with, like, we are an Odyssey, but it's wink, wink, going to be spelled with the audio way. She could be viewing it from that prism. Hmm. I, like, either way, I think very specific. much up in the air on how to pronounce it. <laughs> it's never a good thing. And I don't know about you, but every time I've sent an email, or at least the first time I've sent an email to you guys at Entercom, it bounces back and says, now the email address is odyssey.com. And so, so it's, it's interesting you say that. I reminder. wonder if it's because maybe you're not sending it from a work email, but when I'm typing in, I send you guys the topic list, it's still clicking that I'm sending it to Entercom addresses, and I'm not getting it kicked back. So maybe that's a transition from different email to different email. That's weird. Or maybe that, yeah, the, our in-house email system makes the transition like a smart correction or something oh, like interesting. that. Interesting. Interesting. Good point. Either way. But, yeah, so if you're, if you're looking for the Radio.com app, don't search that. If you have the Radio.com app and you update it, it'll turn into – the Odyssey app. So that's the way to do this. But there is no more Radio.com. And you liked Radio.com. I did. I was a big Radio.com fan. But I am here. I'm a company man. I'm a big Odyssey fan as well. Why, did you, like, why did you like Radio.com? I love the name. I just loved the name Radio.com. I thought it was such a genius copyright to have. I thought it was very easy to remember. Oh, I like this radio show. Oh, radio.com. I'm a guy who doesn't want to have to think hard. And if you don't have to think hard, obviously it's a major payoff. And radio.com was so easy to remember, you never had to think about it. Yeah. Uh, Well, they wanted to get away from that because now it's not just a radio company anymore. It's a lot of podcasts and digital audio and things like that. So that's why they, they made that switch. True, but don't you think at one point in time down the road, digital wise, radio will become kind of a cool throwback name for things? I think it already is, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Not that we're dated or anything like that. I guess that's true. Radio's already a throwback. So, okay, I'm opening this up right now. Actually, Radio.com updates to Radio.com, so I don't know. Maybe you can still use Radio.com. Oh, interesting. Mine updated to Odyssey.com, but I I also don't have Apple. I am a Google person or Samsung person. So maybe it depends on your provider. So you updated Radio.com's app and it just turned automatically into Odyssey? Yes. So I went to sign into Radio.com and it says there is an update you need to update for this, like the day it happened. And the moment I updated it, it turned into the Odyssey app. Okay. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, and it changed the logo. Now it's a little orange orange backdrop with the the white A thing with a dot. That's the new logo now. So the Radio.com, it updated right away for me. Okay. And a totally different interface. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. How's the interface? 
Uh, it's similar to Radio.com in the way like they line it, but I think I actually like it better. I think it is more user friendly. I do, and I find the rewind feature. If you listen to, if you miss any part of the DA show and you want to go back and listen on the rewind, obviously within 24 hours, I find it to be a lot smoother and a lot less lag. So that's an important thing to remember: is that now, if you want to listen, or not now, but you can still listen. When you listen to the DA show, you can rewind it up to an app, up to a full day later. Yes. So if you if you got home, if there was something you wanted to listen to that maybe you were in your car for and you had to get out to go to a work meeting or something like that, and maybe you don't want to have to go back and click through all the podcasts to find exactly what you were listening for, you can earmark and remember that time you got out of the car, and at night, if you're driving home from work, oh, okay, let me click the app, let me Bluetooth in my car. I'm going to go back to 824 this morning. That's when I got out of my car. And you could pick up the show right where you left off just by using the rewind feature. Mm. I like it. So I that's do too. good. I do too. And right there, it's very a lot easier now on the Odyssey app. Search your podcast. Subscribe to the PGP right there. That's mm-hmm. it. Hit, hit the subscribe button. Then boom. boom, you scroll down. My podcast, it's right there. Boom. I like it. All right. Great. Well, that's, that's good stuff. I will say on my way out before you talk to Bogues, you should ask him about fetching this, this T-shirt, this taco T-shirt, and – if he was worried about interacting with your grandfather-in-law, what, you know, do you have to have a conversation piece ready to go? What do you ask about if you say hello? Because is it rude just to pick it up from the house and say goodbye and just turn around? I'd like some details on that. But also, just as a final swing or a miss, uh, I thought you would appreciate today's Lincoln-Riley story oh. with a dry brisket being called Lincoln's Log. I have never been more disgusted by a food segment on the show in my life, and it wasn't because of the brisket. It was because as we were talking about it, I had to read Lincoln's Log in front of me on the Watch DA. So I think it was a major swing as far as funniness goes, but a major miss as far as my stomach goes. (laughs) Lincoln's Log, a dry, dried-out, gross-looking piece of brisket. Okay, well, that is side A. Here comes Mraz and Bogues on side B. How the diggly diggly do? It is side B of the PGP, and how are you? It is Andrew Bogus joining me, Mraz, the executive producer of the DA show and host of side B. Gonna get a dollar here, dollar there, but a dollar. Hello, Bogus, how are you? <laughs> I guess I'm okay. Are you okay? I'm good. I'm great. I'm grand. I'm wonderful. Uh, it is going to be, as we tape this on Tuesday, April 6th, the year 2021, it is going to be a Taco Wednesday on the DA show as we wear our, if you ain't making tacos, we don't love you no more, t-shirts honoring the Winthrop run. I mentioned this on side A. You were actually the point man that coordinated this uh, to get the shirt sent to my home. First question, how did the listener track down you between everybody on the show to have this arrangement happen? Yeah, so this was uh, a Twitter DM, and I don't know, this is not the first time where people have reached out to me about show stuff. Now, one of the times was when everybody organized a gift for you pre-Taylor. So, like, that made sense to not go with the, go to you. But, like, this was the second or third kind of general thing that I feel like you should be not should be, but like you'd be the, you'd be the point person as the producer. I just, I don't know if people are making a, a value judgment of your organizational skills. If people think that my job is different because somebody also to the other day tweeted at me after BT Brandon Tierney complained about his producer on their show like tweeted at me like, haha, Bogus would never do that as if I was the producer of this show, our show. So maybe people don't know everything that, that I do or you do or what, but I got a nice very Twitter DM and got the ball rolling, um, adjusted the size preferences for the group because initially it was mediums and larges. And I said, Oof. I think we got to go larges and XLs on this. Because none of I maybe DA is a medium, but I'm definitely not. And then if I'm not a medium, then you guys got to get bumped up from a large. So um, yeah, but we we eventually I gave it to you because you were happy to take over the actual receiving of these shirts and the distribution of them. So it was a team effort. All right. So there's a couple things that you just hit on that answer that I have to follow up on. Number one, 
The idea that there's listeners out there that think you're the producer of the show because you read headlines. No, that is a job. The headline reader, talk, have conversation. I, that is unbelievable. Somebody else had tweeted me that like years ago. It was like, oh, Bogus, you're a really crummy producer. I'm like, he doesn't produ- he's not the producer at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm so a terrible a- producer because I don't produce. <laughs> so that part it's amazing. Yeah, because obviously we work together every day and we all know everybody's role in the show and what everybody's job does internally. But it amazes me that people listen to the show and still get confused on what people's jobs are. Like that, that part is a separate conversation that's completely fascinating. But I did have to laugh at that. Number two, this is what is so crazy, Bogus. Imagine how big a diehard listener to the show you have to be that you would go out of your way to make these wonderful T-shirts. And I actually don't have this listener's name. I hope maybe you do in your DM somewhere that we can honor them on Wednesday about making the shirts. I know they are from Idaho because that's where the shipping package came from. But to be that dedicated a listener to make drop shirts, to look up the Winthrop colors and really be involved, I think is awesome. I think it's unbelievable that our listeners that involved. But you listen to the show enough and you think that the biggest size you're going to be able to work with with one of us is a large? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to put a number on it, but I would say 36% of the show is making fun of my weight. By all means, if you think I'm a large, I love that. I love that. I completely love that. But the to think that the biggest size would be a large after being that dedicated listener, I mean, that well, this guy's all over the place or, or girls all over the place. So his name his name is Jason, and I'm looking actually through the DM thread right now. And originally, he was going to send us T-shirts for Super Dave and Mike Pacheco, too. And I didn't know how we were going to get them those shirts. Okay. So there was that confusion at first. But his initial guess was four mediums, one large, and two XL for me, you, Pete, Kaplan, DA, and Dave and Mike. So... First, I said, I don't know how to get things to Dave and Mike, so maybe we can do those separately. And then for us, I think we need two larges and three XLs. So he was so there were a couple XLs originally, but I don't know who those XLs were were designed for. And I don't may Dave definitely seems like a medium, but and so maybe he and DA, but I'm not a medium. Cap's not a medium. I don't think Mike's a medium. And then. And then you, you and Peter are not yeah, mediums. You don't have to around. Me and Peter are definitely not mediums. Pacheco seemed to me like a guy who enjoyed a meal or two when he was on our Twitch stream, the Watch DA stream, redoing the call. So I don't think he'd be a medium either. And if you listen to that bearded car cast, boy, those guys like to eat. So Dave well, stays thin with all the apples. But Pacheco, me, and Pete, I, they, he looked like an XL kind of guy to me. I, I also – I don't know who's to blame in this. Is if we've as a whole just gotten – too big or clothes have you know it's the actual manufacturing to blame but like i feel like while i'm not in shape like i should be comfortably a large like that maybe maybe i was like this is almost too big but like larges now i feel like are mediums because i put some on and i'm like i know i'm not that weirdly shaped and this should fit me better and be more comfortable. Like, it's too tight under my arms or, they're like, it's a little too much of, like, the side fat showing. Like, just give me, like, to get an actual, and then some places give you a large that should be an XL. Like, where is the continuity here and fitting to the true sense of people's bodies? That's all out of whack. It, it is so true. It is one of the things I can't stand about buying clothes that no two companies are the same with sizes. It creates self-conscious issues. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, there's a, that store express my wife took me to a couple years ago. She's like, well, this is an XL, your fitness. That thing was basically a small in any other company. It is right. ridiculous. It's almost like shirt sizes named them after Starbucks. What's a vente? What's a grande? <laughs> I can't figure it out. <laughs> now, the other part of this is the delivery. I, I talked about how I got the shirts to everybody once the shirts came to me. Pete, I was able to meet up with him on the boardwalk. I mailed Kaplan and DAs out to their homes. My original plan was to hand deliver one to you. And you're not aware of why I didn't hand deliver it to you, so I will tell you. I told DA and Side A, I made the trek out to Franklin Square on Friday. And I was going to text you, surprise you, pop by. And as it turns out, we got halfway, sometimes three quarters of the way there, and I forgot the shirt. Oh. Completely forgot the shirt. We stopped by her grandparents, said hello to her grandmother and whatnot. So that was rough. Like, believe me, Danielle gave me good to work coming all this way. The main reason was for you to bring the shirt. Blah, blah, blah. It was a whole thing. <laughs> You can imagine. So we came up with plan B. Her grandfather was going to see us on Easter at her aunt's house. So we said, okay, we'll send it backpacking with him. 
I forgot all this because I couldn't remember who dropped the two. We tried to explain him to drop it with him, and he, you know, he's totally with it. He's fine, but he's not somebody who really believes in phone GPS. So, you know, even if you live in the same town as him, getting him to remember what block it is and the house number, it became too many questions. And we're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to put this in a freezer bag, which I had. You're going to put it in your mailbox. I'm going to give Bogus your address to get it. So DA found this really fascinating, the whole ins and outs of how we got the shirt to you. And his question he wanted me to ask you was, did you have to have any uh, weird conversation planned if it was more than a mailbox grab, if he had popped out to you know see who you were grabbing something out of the mailbox? Was there any preparation, or were you just hoping for a quick, I'm going to grab this, not even think about it, let me run back to the car? No, there was definitely preparation because I, I didn't know what was what was going to happen. It was um, – this was on Easter, so I didn't know, like, what was going on at his house for, for Easter. Um, <laughs> I also – I've lived in my neighborhood now for I, seven years, seven years, yeah, and I didn't know where he lived. Like, when you gave me the address, I was like, I don't know where that is. So I had to use GPS to get from my house to his house, and I had never been in that portion of – of my neighborhood before and if you told me like on a map like that's where he lived and gave me like two or three reference points i would have told you that's not my neighborhood like that's that you have to be wrong there so like that's how i guess weird and like twisted my geography is here that i just i didn't even know that you could live there and be in franklin square like i am and then when i get there and again i I knew it wasn't your grandfather but i was still like thinking of of it like in in under the kind of the idea of being connected to you so i get there and there's nothing like there's nothing going on in the house at all like there i see no movement there's no lights on and there's a mets pennant in the window oh yeah so first i'm like ah he's a met fan and then on the door there's a sign it says caution something but it also says it in spanish and for some reason that threw me off like (laughs) sean's grandfather wouldn't speak spanish like what so then i'm like Am I at the right house? So, like, as I'm going up the stairs, I pull my phone back out, and I go, okay, this is the right address. Like, I'm at this right house number. So, I, like, because now, so now I'm afraid I'm at the wrong place. So, I gently open the mailbox, and the relief of seeing the shirt there was very significant. Because if I was wrong somehow, it's now Easter, late afternoon, early evening. I'm at someone's door looking for a T-shirt made by a listener for the radio show that I work on that references a ridiculous sentence that we got a national broadcaster to say over and over again on the radio for the last month or so. So it would have been a really difficult thing to explain if I was at the wrong house and someone came to the door. But thankfully, I was at the right house and no one came to the door, got back in my car and left. Okay, so... Right off the bat, let me just clear a couple of things up. Number one, huge Met fans. It's really Daniel's grandmother more so even than the grandfather's. A Met fan, I mean, she's a Brooklyn Dodger fan, now Met fan. Also, she's healthy, but she does, she has oxygen. She has running oxygen. She's constantly on. So there are oxygen tanks in the house to the point of they just don't want smoking around the house because you never want those oxygen tanks to blow up. I had never noticed that the sign also said it in Spanish. My guess is they probably got it at whatever medical or pharmacy store or something like that. Right. Didn't think about it and just plastered it up. So, no, there's, there is no other reason for that. In fact, nobody even – so I don't know, like, who they think is going to go up and light the cigarette on the stoop, the mailman. Like, I don't even understand right. why don't you bring, need... Don't bring your flame torch, your flamethrower right. up here. <laughs> I don't even understand why you would have that. Okay, so you thankfully you didn't have to worry about any of that, but – I'd like to know what was the small talk you would have had to make in that scenario. Um, I, I man, I wasn't afraid of a of a specific conversation. I mean, it would have been about you. I don't know. I maybe I would have referenced the Mets banner in the in the window in the moment, but I, I did not have an actual conversation written down. I was really hopeful to just get it and get back in my car as fast as possible. Plus, I wanted to get home. It was still Easter, so right. um, everything everything worked out pretty pretty quickly. So did I? Put oh, you I, you know, and too, like, no, 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 because I I chose to go then because I wasn't sure right. at that point when we were wearing it on the show. So and then I knew like. The, this is a real deep dive into my life. My kids were off from school yesterday, so my wife took them into the city to go to the zoo and stuff and get out of the house. It was a beautiful day here in the, in the greater New York area. So I knew that I wanted to take a nap in my empty house yesterday afternoon. So I was like, I, I don't even want to spend the 15 minutes of picking up this shirt tomorrow and, and, and take away any napping time. 
Um, so I so I got out of the way on Sunday. So you didn't do anything. I chose to go okay. then, but I still didn't want to interrupt him on Easter and then wanted to get back and have bunny cake here at my house. Right. So if you're wondering what the heck we do behind the scenes, Bogus is worried about naps in an empty house. I'm getting a yeah. T-shirt from a listener in Idaho about a team in South Carolina and giving it to a grandfather who has to then put it in his mailbox. And if Bogus go to a part of town he didn't even know existed in his own town, right. that is the chaos. He must well live in a different state. I, like I've uh, never... I've never been there. And the weird thing is, like, my neighborhood, and I don't know where well, the city far, planning right? came I mean, from. Was it five minutes from your house? It's not far. Yeah. So, like, so, so like, and you know this, um, being, like, being from the from Long Island, like, you know, right. and I guess this is still new to me because I went to Catholic school growing up, so I never thought about, like, how public schools, like, worked and, like, zoning, like, you live here and you go there. Like, it just, it never was part of my life until now. So I'm driving to your, your, to, to your grandparents-in-law's house. And I make like two right-hand turns and then – and I'm right past the supermarket that we go to and now I'm staring at Valley Stream North High School, which is not right. my high school. And I'm like, I'm closer to this school yep. than the high school that my kids would go to, but I go to – like, but we go to that one. It was just really, really confusing and all of the streets around here are like – um, they're like horseshoe shaped. Like there's no straight grid and straight lines. Right. Everything curves and bends and twists. So like at one point I was like, I've, I've been driving. I don't know where I am. And then two turns later, I'm like, I know exactly where I am, but because everything was like twisting and turning, you can, you can go as I did seven years by never finding yourself in like this little mini half circle, but I've been all around it for the last seven years. It is incredible. It is. I know exactly what you're talking about. That, that neighborhood specifically is like that. Insanity. I'm sure everybody can relate to that. There have got to be neighborhoods all over this country. Like, wait, I didn't even know this was here. All right, Bogues. Well, that is going to wrap it for the PGP. I hope you had a good nap. Was your nap good? Was it a good payoff nap on Monday? No, it wasn't a good nap. I really couldn't. I never felt like I was fully asleep. It was ah. maybe an hour altogether of rolling around and being annoyed, and then I got up, and it was it was uh, it was not good. That's one of one of the more disappointing things in my current status right now is a bad nap. Like that's just it ruins the whole day. Oh. Hopefully Bogus recovers. Well, you could follow Bogus we'll on, on Twitter and Instagram and on his sleep app at Andrew yeah, Bogus. Yeah, and I've, I started a GoFundMe page as well. It's all under my name, Andrew Bogus, okay. Twitter. I'll all tweet right. out the link to my GoFundMe page later today. Thank you. All right, check it out. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at MirazCBS. Have a happy day. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.